0: On this episode of Humans with Haunts, I talk with Brecklin from the Bread and Butter podcast about the relationships that define her life. Welcome back to Humans with Haunts. Um, on this week, I am joined by my cousin, Brecklin. I call her my cousin. Technically, she's my cousin's daughter, but we're in closer in age than <laughs> my actual cousin so I'm um, grateful to have her here on this week's episode and uh, yeah that's how I know Brecklin and, and she actually has her own podcast we I listened to some of her episodes she listened to some of mine and I'm like oh we got to do a pod swap you know we go on yeah. each other's podcasts and and uh, do that Brecklin for the listeners that don't know you personally uh, sort of where you're at in life and and maybe some background on who you are
1: yeah, yeah. So my name is Brecklin. Um, I'm the host of a podcast called the Bread and Butter Podcast. Um, we talk about all sorts of things, so I, I can't even give it like a niche. Um, but yeah, I am 23, turning 24 pretty soon. I graduated in broadcast journalism and public relations. So currently, professionally, I'm a copywriter. Um, I manage social media um, for some food bloggers, which I've really enjoyed. And yeah, I mean, I'm married. We are currently actually in North Carolina for some grad school. Yeah. Have a little dog. I love movies. I love to eat. That's honestly pretty good. Yeah. Introduction.
0: That's great. No, that's great. That provides, you know, a a clear picture where you're at in life. I, I didn't realize. Yeah. When do you turn 24?
1: 24, I guess not super soon in April. But I anticipate my birthdays for probably like six, seven
0: months. Yeah. In my mind, I am
1: nearly 24.
0: For some reason, I felt like- I know, isn't that wild? Well, I thought you were much older than me. I turned 23 next February. So you're only really like a year older than me.
1: Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were younger, younger than me as well. I thought we had like a bigger gap in school.
0: Yeah. I thought, I thought we were like, <laughs> like two or three years apart, but it turns out we're like a year apart. Um, that's actually super fun. I, it's just cause I, yeah, you we're know, like
1: closer than me and Ellie are. I thought me and Ellie were closer <laughs> in age.
0: No. Yeah. Ellie's Ellie's three years older than me. So that's actually super fascinating. Yeah. Cause I guess, yeah. In like family oh, wow. gatherings, I'd always hang out with your younger brother. Um, That's actually really funny. You know, you learn something new everyday listeners. So listeners, go reach out to your cousins that you haven't seen in a while. Okay. Um, I know, get those facts (laughs) straight. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, Brecklin, we'll just sort of jump right in. You know, this podcast is all about relationships. And, you know, you know that and I preface that. And, And so when thinking about a relationship that has sort of defined you in your life, been instrumental in who you've become, What relationship comes to mind?
1: So when we were kind of chatting about doing this podcast, obviously I've been really blessed with a lot of relationships in my life that have been really, you know, defining and instrumental in me becoming who I am right now. But actually this is going to sound kind of egotistical, but the relationship that I thought of, you know, that I would really love to talk about is the relationship that I have with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a relationship that has really kind of changed throughout the years. I would say, I kind of feel like my life pre high school and my life post high school are most defined. They're, they're different than each other because of how my relationship with myself changed. Um, do you, do you want me to go on? No, or, no, that,
0: no, that's, that's perfect. I
1: like, don't want to get too <laughs> long winded.
0: No, yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, no, and, and and I like that because I think that's essential to to really understanding one not only other relationships, but to understanding where what we want in life. You know, having that relationship with ourselves is essential. And I and you know I've had other people talk about relationships with themselves, and the thing is, is they're all so unique, right? Because we each have our own experiences that you know build our relationships with ourselves. It creates that uniqueness. I guess for you and your relationship with yourself you talked about how there's sort of been a defining moment of like pre high school graduation versus post high school graduation. What did maybe your relationship look like as, as in terms of with yourself look like growing up, you know, when did you first sort of start to recognize, Hey, I have these feelings about myself or, Hey, like, this is how I perceive myself. What, what did that relationship look like initially growing mm-hmm.
1: up? Um, I would say, Honestly, I was a pretty, I would say maybe I was a little bit of a complicated kid. Um, I remember liking myself. I thought I was cool, which I'm glad I felt that way. I had really great parents. Um, But at the same time, I also remember feeling like I was a little bit different. And I feel like that's very cliche. A lot of people say that because (laughs) we probably all feel different, right? Yeah. Um, But... Yeah. I remember feeling like I didn't quite, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was quite everything that I should be to be acceptable to other people. And it was something that I worked a lot at, but I was, you know, I started to struggle with feeling like, am I not cool? Like, am I, am I part of the cool crowd? Do I want to be a part of the cool crowd? Um, yeah. Things like that, I would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah for you where did it seem like maybe you were lacking like when you had this perception because to determine whether or not like you are cool in a sense I'm doing some air quotes for the listeners um you have to determine what is cool so for you where did you feel like you were lacking maybe in in your predefined cool definition not saying that is cool or not but you know in your mind in your perspective where were you lacking
1: yeah, well, I think it's a little bit relative. You know, obviously, cool is, is relative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I remember feeling like I wasn't trendy enough. I was definitely, like, a nerd, I would say. I, I mean, I loved to read, and I felt like I was watching, like, musical theater. Like, I'm watching, like, <laughs> Little Women at Home with my mom. And I loved to, like, bake. And I just felt like I had all of these, like old lady hobbies like I would be like up late into the night like crocheting and just all of these weird like I dreamed of writing a book when I was like 10 years old like yeah I and at the same time I kind of grew up in a home where we weren't really up on I wouldn't say we were like behind on like trends but like I never played like video games going growing up Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand like pop culture for a really long time I just didn't feel like I got it. Like I didn't really feel like I fit in.
0: Yeah. How do you feel like, I mean, the hard thing is, is as a child, you know, those are defining years, you know, you're growing, you're learning and you're interacting with others. And, you know, there's been so many studies about children that have been either bullied or outcasted and how that's affected them, you know, further down the line. How do you feel like maybe that? feeling of a disconnect from maybe some of your peers has sort of affected you going forward? What does that look like?
1: Um, I think for a while I was kind of under like this disillusionment that I was, I don't know if it was my way of coping. And I wouldn't say I had like a superiority complex. I wouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for a while, my way of coping of feeling like I wasn't quite like everyone else was just like, well, that's fine. Who cares? Like, I'm I don't need to be like everyone else. Like, I don't need to watch that. So Raven, I've never still never seen that to this day, <laughs> things like that. And I was like, you know what, that is because I am cooler than you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, smart is better than, you know, whatever it was. But I would, I would say that was definitely my way of coping. Unfortunately, I would say even into high school. Uh-huh. Um, and then you reach this point where you realize that everyone is incredibly unique, right? Like, there yeah. is no they. There is just what is perceived as they. Yeah. And and I feel like I actually kind of found myself again. And I remember being like 18, 19 and being like, oh my gosh, I, I still want to do all of these things that I liked as a kid uh-huh. and they're still important to me. And, you know, me doing them doesn't make me cooler than anyone else. You know, someone loving trash TV or, you know. <laughs> So that's so right. You know, all of these things <laughs> that doesn't make them worse or better either. It's just yeah. Stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's just different, right? We're we're each different and we each have different preferences. And that's what makes us humans. I you know, you mentioned how there was sort of a moment where you began to realize that we are all so unique. Do you have maybe an experience or a story about when that sort of occurred, when you realized you were able to take a step back? and really recognize, hey, like, hey, this person's different, and this person's different, and it, and we are all so different, and you're okay with that. Was there a story or experience that went along with that?
1: I actually remember talking to one of my aunts, and she was someone that I just looked up to just massively all growing up, and she said that she had a time where she realized that like true maturity is realizing that and she was talking about girls Mm -hmm. um she was like growing up I used to feel like you know maybe I don't want to be friends with this girl because you know maybe she's a cheerleader and she's super into her looks or you know all of these like stereotypes that you Mm -hmm. feel like you can't participate in and you know therefore you can't be friends and she was like maturity is realizing that like we are all You know, she's talking about girls. We're all women, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are so similar. We have all of these like incredible similarities. And if I were to just take off that stereotype, why couldn't we be best friends? Yeah. You know, what? And I remember that really, really hit me because at school, sometimes I would feel less than these girls who I perceived as really popular or, you know, really socially successful. And especially post high school, it's mm-hmm. been really kind of healing and good for me to realize that like, we are all the same, you know, like no one peaked in high school, but we all thought that <laughs> people were in high school, right? Yeah. Like anyway, I, that's kind of jumbled, but I would say that was, that really did change so much for me and it has continued to. And I feel like it's just opened doors for me to get to know all kinds of people that I would have been intimidated by mm-hmm. before.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I like that because that, you know, that's breaking down barriers. That's recognizing that we have our humanity is what ties us together, right? We each have that humanity. And when you're able to connect on that level, you can make so many more friends. Um, I, I love that, that you're able to recognize that and then sort of grow from that. For you personally, when you started to grow, when you started to progress into sort of knowing yourself better, how did that begin to maybe affect some of those relationships you had developed at a younger age when you maybe didn't understand that everyone was so different? How did some of your relationships evolve?
1: Um, I would say that I would say the more comfortable you are with yourself and the more comfortable you are with just the more comfortable you are with yourself, the better your relationships get in every part of your life. Hmm. And I really believe that like, the more grounded and confident you are in yourself, the more you have to give. And yeah. it just creates abundance in every relationship in your life. Um, I feel like when I'm at my most confident and really secure in who I am, however different I might be from someone else because we are so different, mm-hmm. I am more likely to reach out to people and you know be okay if they might think I'm a little quirky or I think they're a little bit weird or... <laughs> But it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But if I am in an insecure place, that is often a huge barrier to relationships in my personal experience.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And I mean, for me personally, I feel like I've personally struggled with that. You know, in my situations, I've recognized that when I'm not confident in who I am or when I feel inadequate, it is hard to connect with people. It's hard to be able to create a space that allows Communication and conversation, because you're either looking at them as better or worse than you, and and no one likes to be portrayed that way. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely agree with that, and and being able to recognize that in yourself is is super vital. Is there one maybe specific relationship that you saw really change, either for the better or for the worse, as you were able to come to recognize and and learn more about your relationship with yourself?
1: Um. Probably the most defining relationship that I can think of, just because it's been so long for me, mm. um, is actually my relationship with my husband.
0: Mm. We
1: started dating when I was 18, so right out of high school. Yeah. And when I was 18 was when I really started to notice my confidence drop. <laughs> and that happens to a lot of kids, you know, you get out of high school where maybe you think you're kind of at the top of your game. Um, and then college hits you. And I remember all of my friends left on LDS missions and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling not great about myself. I mean, I must've been confident enough to (laughs) date this kid because I remember thinking that he was so cute and just, I was just felt so lucky. And so I, I must've had some degree of confidence working in my favor. But we actually ended up dating for three years before we Mm -hmm. got married, which in Utah culture is quite a while. Like that's a, that's a good distance of, that's a good period of time to date. Um, But what I noticed the most, because I was in this relationship with him for, you know, from when I was 18 to when I was 21, was that my confidence and my understanding of who I was just got better and better and better just mm-hmm. little bit by little bit. And i actually, i probably say the same for him. I think we both just got more confident in ourselves and, and more grounded in who we were. And mm-hmm. by the time we got married, I remember just being grateful, being grateful that I felt like I had been able to see the difference between our relationship as, you know, just little baby college kids who are starting to date, you know, yeah. into adults who decided to get married. Um, for forever. And so much of that, I do believe was confidence and learning to operate in our relationship Mm -hmm. with confidence because for a while, actually people were like, what is wrong with you? Like, why, (laughs) why is this taking you so long? Like what's wrong, um, that you haven't gotten engaged yet. And really we just felt like it wasn't time yet. We were just waiting until it felt right. Um, But yeah, I would say that's probably been the relationship that I've noticed it the most in. And even now, you know, we've been married two years. Um if I am ever feeling especially insecure or especially struggling, I'll notice it in our mm-hmm. relationship. I'm not I'm not showing up the way that I want to in our marriage. Yeah. Right. Like I might be less, I don't know, like I, I won't even look out for him as much <laughs> as I'd like to. You know what I mean? Because I'm so insecure. I'm worried about myself. And yeah, I really just think that your relationships are as good as your confidence.
0: Yeah, I really like that. You you know, I feel like that has a lot of applicability, you know, recognizing that when you're not as confident, when, because when you're not confident, you look at yourself, right? You become Mm self-centered, you become selfish And so you can't look out. You can't look and see what other people's needs are. You can't connect to them. And so I think that's super fascinating that you've even since being married, been able to recognize times that have been not where you haven't been as confident and seen how that's affected your marriage. You know, I normally talk about the highs and lows of relationships. And in terms of your relationship with yourself, unless, I mean, you already mentioned how you really struggled right out of high school, you took a big deep dive on being self-confident and then, so it seems like that may be a low. If there's another low, please share, but is there possibly a high to this relationship where you've seen that growth when you've been able to sort of look back and see how much progress you've made in, in that relationship?
1: Yeah. So um, I would say definitely the low was right out of high school. I Started struggling with anxiety um, seriously um, for the first time that I was kind of cognizant of. And um, a little bit later on, I realized I had OCD and that kind of played into mm-hmm. some struggles. And then I would say my high actually, um, as far as being most in touch with myself, because, you know, mm-hmm. I think any relationship takes a lot of work and it's an everyday thing and so I I don't ever want to be like I'm currently at my high but (laughs) I would say currently I'm probably the most connected to myself yeah Um, I actually recently just learned I mean I'm I'm kind of in the midst of formal like diagnosis I haven't totally gone through all of the tests with my doctor but safe to say um, I have ADHD which is very common if you know me well you're probably not surprised um (laughs) But I will say it has been kind of a gift to realize that all of these things that I thought were, you know, so different about me or or things that were really hard for me um, were okay. And
0: -hmm.
1: and being okay with myself and in touch with myself and very aware of my own mind and my own habits and the way that I perceive myself just has been the best. Like it – and I've said this on a podcast I recently did, but – I truly believe that the more you understand yourself, the more you are able to develop like a sacred responsibility to care for yourself mm. and that's something that I feel like right now means a lot to me and yeah. I would say I'm kind of at a high in that regard right now, but again, it takes constant work. There are still days when i i I don't feel good about myself and that I'm uncomfortable or insecure, so
0: yeah, no i I like that. And and you know that's that's the answer that we want to hear. You know, we want to hear that you're you're constantly sort of overcoming and constantly growing to get new heights each and every day. And that doesn't mean you're not going to have hard days. That doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle, but to be able to recognize and learn about yourself is essential to really understanding yourself. And then that's how, you know, your relationships can grow outside of yourself. That's how you can get at a high with your marriage and, and with your family. I really like that. And I like the the little statement you just said about knowing yourself. Um, you know, as we sort of wrap up here on terms of time, you talked about how maybe you had this sort of recent diagnosis and you're continuing to grow. Where do you look for opportunities to grow? How do you find places in your life or in your confidence where you're like, you know, I am maybe struggling at this aspect where can I grow? What what are those aspects or how do you identify those points of growth in your own relationship?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say <clears throat> a lot of it is truly just awareness, being aware of yourself. And there have definitely been points in my life where I felt just kind of unconscious of what I was doing and what I was living and what was affecting me and how I was behaving And that comes with a lot of things. It can come with stress. It can come with being super busy. Um, It it happens to all of us. But the more aware that I am, the more able I am to identify things like I call them pain points. Hmm. Um, Things that are causing me some degree of pain, be that emotional, spiritual, physical, uh, mental. And when I'm aware and I'm able to identify pain points, then I'm able to take in the knowledge that I have of myself and my history and what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And I'm able to devise some kind of plan, right? Like I make this sound super like scientific. A lot of times it's very muddled and takes me a long time, but I would say, yeah, the key for me is to, to stay aware. Um, and the best way that I've actually found to stay aware is by moving my body, which, um, is the only way that I've been able to ever reach any kind of like meditative state. Um, so yeah, that I'll go walking and, kind of think about what the pain points are and sometimes I'll talk about it with my husband and sometimes I'll journal about it, but that's kind of what I do.
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You have that sort of connection to sort of physical activity or the outdoors that really allows you to ground yourself. I think that's important for people to to find in their relationships with themselves as well as with relationships with others to find where you can ground yourself and where you can Sort of move forward, you know. As our time is up, I've been I'm super grateful for this opportunity for you to share and discuss and and to sort of see how you're continuing to see growth. Maybe as as in terms of words of parting, as a recommendation for people that may be in a similar situation in terms of lack of confidence or or struggling with certain aspects of their life. Do you have any suggestions on how they can maybe? work through this or or seek help or anything like that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm always an advocate of therapy for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that you should educate yourself on yourself. Um, If Mm -hmm. you have a specific diagnosis, um, things like that, any kind of disorders, you need to educate yourself that way. Um, I would also say I'm a really big advocate of taking yourself on dates. So Mm -hmm. um, it's something that I have done for years. Um, You know, even after getting married, I will just tell my husband I'm taking myself on a date and I spend time with myself and I just think it's important whether it's a walk or you're taking yourself to get a treat or yeah. whatever it is. I just, you got to spend time with yourself just like you would invest time in any other relationship.
0: Yeah. I like that. I'm going to start doing that. I mean, I, I think I take myself on a date every, every day because I'm alone, but now I'm going to make <laughs> it a conscious decision to take myself <laughs> on a date um but, <laughs> but anyways, thank you, Brecklin, for coming on, oh, sharing your you. thoughts, sharing your experience. For those listeners that want to reach out, want to connect, where can they find you? And then where's the podcast at?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's Brecky J underscore Simmons. Um, you can also find me at the bread and butter podcast with Brecklin, um, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, I'll mm-hmm. be there. And yeah, I'd love to have you.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. And then, listeners, thank you for joining. Make sure you go to her podcast, listen to the episodes, rate, share all that good stuff for her. And then, as well, for this podcast on humans with haunts. We're grateful for the listeners, and we will catch you next week.